this week's episode of Eye of the Swarm, Season 5, Episode Number 8. Your deep dive into anything and everything related to Yellow Jacket Athletics. He's the Big Sound, Matt Johnson. I am John Garver. And good Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Um, a lot of turkey. Yeah. A lot of food was eaten. Um, everybody got together. Um, Where did we get together? Down the cities. Okay. Um, at my sister's house in uh, St. Paul, over by uh, St. Thomas and uh, McAllister. Okay. Um, and my sister had to work, or, well, not technically, she was on call. So she wasn't really working. She didn't have to work that day. They didn't call her in. But uh, she was going to be unable to cook. So my brother-in-law was in charge of actually ordering the food this year. And the company that they He did okay? Did just fine. Didn't drop the ball? No. Okay. No, the food was outstanding. Good. This year. The only complaint that I had was probably the fact that there was a little bit too much nutmeg and cinnamon in the apple pie for my taste. It was Mm. pretty dark with those two seasonings in there sure those two spices in there but other than that the food was fantastic really really good this year it was better than i thought it would be Mm -hmm. and it was thanksgivings in my family are always a little bit more complicated because my brother-in-law is a vegetarian so we also had to have a tofurkey there too Mm -hmm. so we didn't do any turducken or anything right we did do uh the the traditional turkey uh he's the only one in my family that is a vegetarian actually he's pescatarian but um uh, he had the tofurkey as well. So there was a lot of food that had to come in and be heated up and everything. But sure. And the company that did it, I don't know which one it was. But they did well. But they did really well. Mm-hmm. They did really well. The stuffing was outstanding. And that's kind of how I judge my my turkey day is by how the stuffing is. I'm okay. a huge stuffing guy. Okay. I love stuffing. I do too. Yeah. I and do actually, too. this was how good it was. I even ate the sweet potatoes this year, and I'm not a sweet potato guy. Mm-hmm. I like sweet potato fries. Those are fine. Like just sitting there eating sweet potatoes, not really my thing. Sure. These were really, really well done. Really were they well. candied? They were not. They were caramelized. Okay. So they were very, in that regard, and they also had some cinnamon in them and a little nutmeg. Mm-hmm. But not as much as they had in the pie, which is weird. But anyway, it was uh, it was very tasty. Good. Like the, everything was was spot on. Good. So. Good. Yeah, it went well. You? I, I know you cook it. We so. host every year, yeah. and I'm, I'm the chef, you know. So, yeah, we uh, I spent Wednesday Getting the turkey in the pool so it can brine for 24 hours. and Do you actually stuff your turkey? I do. You do? You actually do that stuff? Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. I do. You know, and I know they they warn you not to do that because okay. of salmonella and everything. If you cook it enough, it won't matter. Correct. Yeah. If, so, you, if you cook it correctly, yeah. you don't have to worry about that. And my family is a stuffing family as opposed to a dressing family. Okay. Because if it's in the bird, it's stuffing. If it's not, it's dressing. Oh. So we... Okay. We are a stuffing family, so I, I cram as much of that inside that bird as I can. And uh, my, my sis- grandma used to do that. My sister's the official taste tester, and she comes in and gives me the thumbs up. Okay, we're we're good. But nice, nice. Yeah, I started putting it together on, you know, probably Tuesday. How many courses did you put together this year? Well, we we had the the bird. Okay. You know, and I brine him for twenty four hours, and okay, and then get it that in the oven on on Thursday morning, and then okay. stuffing slash dressing and. Mashed potatoes, gravy. We do sweet potatoes, cranberries. Okay. And then my mom, the the baker, and the family brings pie. Okay. So that's you know five, mm-hmm. six, maybe seven. Yeah. That's about what we had. Yep. We had we had a lot. We had a lot of everything. Yeah. Um. So there was but, a lot of leftovers. Yeah. There was a lot of leftovers always because I mean, any chef or any cook, my sister has a, has her chef's degree and everything. The most complicated meal of the year is Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Even then, that includes Christmas and all the other holidays. Too. Right. Like it, 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 it. There's nothing like it. Um, and so it's complicated and it's, it's very labor intensive mm-hmm. for the most part. So I always commend people like yourself who are put in charge of cooking everything. I honestly, I really like it. Do you? I okay. really like it. I, I went back in my mind a little bit here on last Thursday when I was cooking. And I think this was the, 
16th or 17th Thanksgiving I've hosted. Wow. Well, you got it down now. Going all the way back to when I was in college. Now, I happen to know that you also change up how you cook the bird every year, though, don't you? Sometimes. Yeah. You I know, mean, I've, I've, you know I've, I've thought about the – I've done the deep fryer. Okay. You know, and we've done the regular oven roast, which we did this year. I've, I've pondered putting it on the, the Weber kettle and, okay. and, and smoking it that way and, and everything. But what is your preferred – method of cooking the bird if i if i had the time and could regulate spend the time regulating the temperature the right way i'd probably smoke it on on okay. the kettle like i know you, you've talked a lot about smoking it yep. i don't know if that's yeah I'd, I'd like, that's pretty involved i think it is yeah. it is and especially here where your temperatures are in the 20s it takes a lot more effort to to smoke keep it. your to keep your temperature up right yeah. and i don't always have the time to be able to yeah. run outside check temperature okay this isn't working fix that it's easier to do all that kind of stuff in the summer right yeah so it's it's easier to oven roast it and you can do some some things that way too right you know well and every year is gonna be a little different depending on how busy you are and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff too so that's the other thing that yeah and and we were we were busy because we had three home games on tuesday right yeah yeah a bunch of home games (laughs) you know so that's a a good segue let's uh Let's jump into that because uh, even though it was a holiday last week, we, we still had some teams playing. We did. We had some teams playing, and um, you know, uh, you know, men's basketball has been off now for a couple of weeks. They'll end that this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the hockey teams have been kind of taken over, you know, of, and and women's basketball have kind of taken on, you know, full front and center. Yep. In terms of their seasons, uh, both hockey teams are in a good place right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to start with men's hockey because they won four in a row, four straight. Yeah. Um, and you know when they were sitting at one and five, wasn't looking so great. Uh, but one four in a row, and you've been there for all of them. So uh, give me a little. It, it was a week. All yeah. of it happened in a week. Yeah. You know they lost their River Falls game on the Friday, and you're sitting at one and five, and you, it's just like, oh my gosh, this could go off the rails really, really quickly. quickly. Yeah. You know, or it can go the other way. Yeah. And fortunately for them, it went the other way. They came out after the River Falls game and played. A wonderful game against Stout. Yeah, they played extremely well in a building where they traditionally haven't done as well. Well, I, I always thought that, and right. then I looked at McKenna's record down there. I'm going, holy cow, he's won ten games in this place. Yeah. So okay, his teams do play fairly well there, um, but it's a difficult place to play. Yeah. And they're they're a team that's plays in their building very very well, and his his guys came out and they executed flawlessly mm. for the bulk yeah. of that game. Yeah. And it carried over then to the Tuesday against Concordia, Wisconsin, where I, I think they played their best game of the year. I thought that was flat out their best game. And they probably, it was unlucky that they had to go to overtime to do it, yeah. you know, because they, they outplayed them, they outshot them badly, they outchanced them, and they just couldn't, they just couldn't score goals, yeah. you know. So they had to go to overtime, they got the win that way. And you go to Northland, which is always a difficult place to play. Yeah, that's a, it's small, it's, it's small cold, building. it's yep. dark, it's not conducive to a lot of flow no. because the ceiling is so low, the puck hits the ceiling all the time, it goes out of play all the time. It's not an easy place to play. And yeah. on Friday there, they went out and they were great in the first two periods and took a nap in the third. And then Saturday they had to go back there for a second game. They and flipped they, it almost. And they took a nap in the first, yeah. and about halfway through the second they started to wake up, and in the third they were fantastic. Okay. And they did what they had to do to get the wins. So they got their four in a row. They've clawed their way back to, to 500 and sets the stage for a weekend where you're playing two teams in the top ten. 
Yeah. And you can't take a nap for a period now. Now, for those of you who don't know, it's Eau Claire and Stevens Point yep. is what John is referring to. Yep. Eau Claire uh, is number nine and Stevens Point is number eight, I think. Yeah. So you got two top 10 teams. Um, <laughs> Correct. Always both are very tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, game one of that, by the way, is the Eau Claire game. They'll be at Hobbs Ice Arena on Friday. That's a 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be back home at Westman taking on the Pointers on Saturday. Yep. Uh, which will bring up a – that's a doubleheader of, of – of UWS versus Pointers. Yep. Because men's basketball will be back in action. They're undefeated still, 5-0. Right. Yeah, they're playing great. Yeah, they're playing really well wow. right now, two weeks off, and uh, they'll be taking on the Pointers at 3 o'clock. <clears throat> Excuse me. And a game, and you'll be able to hear both me and John at 91.3 FM with live And that was kind of the, the the point game last year. Right. Was yeah, where they their, their where season kind of turned. Yeah, that was where they – that second half against Point. They had bust legs really bad in the first half of that game, and I thought, oh, my gosh. Because they got down by 15. They were down, I want to say, close to that at halftime. Mm-hmm. And then they had a chance to either tie or win that game in the last two minutes. They came all the way back. Well, that's the, that's the yeah. game where if it's three minutes longer, they, they win. win it. Yep, exactly. Because Point was hanging on for dear life by the yep. end of that game. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they how that game plays out now that they're coming to our place. And yep. we'll see how that all unfolds. Uh, women's hockey also playing pretty well right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they had... A couple of disheartening results. a tough stretch in there. Yeah, yeah, they had a couple of, of tough ones. That loss to Augsburg was a tough one, I know, for them. But mm-hmm. um, since then, they've been playing really well. The only blip in there is a tie against Northland. But they've, right. you know, they've got some nice wins in there. Uh, you know, um, had a tough loss against Eau Claire. Uh, one and, well, actually one and tied against Northland. And then uh, the wins against um, UW-Stevens Point. No, they only tied Northland. They haven't played them twice. They didn't pl- I thought they played them twice. No, just once. Okay, just the once. Okay, just the time. my mistake. Uh, and then... Uh, the win against St. Scholastica, back to back, that was nice. Yeah, you know, it was. I mean, the Stevens Point game w- was a great answer. Yeah, it was you know, because really, you after the Eau Claire game, you're up two. No- you had that. Yeah. what happened in Eau Claire? Then you go into Northland, you're up two nothing. Yep, and then end yep. up end up with a two two tie, going in two two tie, and then they get the extra point because the shootout. Yep, and then having to get on the bus, having to go to Stevens Point. And playing a really good game down there. Yeah, and they yeah. and they could have easily just yeah, oh, it's a long yeah. trip. We're tired, and they could have folded. Yep. And they played a really good game. Yep, and then came back and beat the Bridge Rivals in St. Glasgow, which mm-hmm. is always a big game. Yep, um, and they had good energy that night. I watched a fair amount of that one. That one they played well. Yep. So they they've strung together some nice results and strung together some nice periods of play. So yes, hopefully they'll be able to keep that going. Um, they've got a rough stretch coming up, but yeah, yeah that's. Uh, um, that was that was big. I think that's big for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and women's basketball finally came home. Yep. Um, after being on the road for a bit, uh, came home and they've played three games now since we last were on the podcast. Lost their home opener to Stout on that Tuesday. Um, got down early. Didn't really find their flow until the second half. By then, of course, it was too late. That's yep. a pretty good Stout team. They're, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. Well, they beat Martin Luther by sixty last night. Right. Uh, and then <laughs> I saw that score. Anyway. Um, and then uh, the Yellow Jackets tried to come back against Luther. Luther's a pretty darn good team. Uh, they're big. They're uh, and they came in, what, 0-4? Yeah, they were 0-4. And, and but that was a really four. misleading yeah. 0-4. Yeah, that was really misleading. They had played some really good teams um, and had, had had a couple of games where they were close at the end that they unfortunately slipped out of their grasp. Um, and it's kind of the same formula, basically. The Luther um, got up early and then kind of held on the rest of the way. That was a game the Yellow Jackets felt like they kind of let one go just because they couldn't make enough shots. Right. Um, they had less turnovers. They had more offensive rebounds. Took uh, seven or eight more shots than Luther did in that game. But 
um, just the shots weren't falling. Yeah. And sometimes that happens, you know, and so they ended up losing that game. They, lost, they shot only 29% in that game. That's not going to be. That's not a good no, number. You're not going to beat anybody with that. But they had a really good response last night against Lakeland. Yeah. And, uh, and he, but it didn't look like it. First half. No, was, no. That's, that's both the, teams were pretty ugly yeah, in the first, the first half. The, you know, the, their bugaboo has been the first quarter. Yeah. First and second quarters have been their bugaboo. They've, they've played much better in the second half. Once mm-hmm. they've made a few adjustments at halftime and gotten into the game. Uh, they got down 17-10 in the first yesterday. We're following a lot. Um, neither team is exactly turning the ball over and turning the ball over a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, they made a nice run in the second quarter. Well, yeah. 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 And we, I was talking, I was sitting with uh, TJ, TJ Oaks baseball coach, and their coach got that technical. Yep. That turned the game. It did. That did. Everything turned on that technical yeah. foul. And it was kind of a technical came out of nowhere. Yeah. I, they don't stop the game very often for a no. technical. And when that happened, it was like, whoa, you don't yeah. see that too often. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Emily got one against uh, – Emily Carpenter got one against Luther that was kind of out of the blue. And this one was also pretty much out of the blue. Um, there wasn't a lot of yelling. And, you know, because a lot of times it, when, a, when a t- coach gets a technical, they, they tend to flip out. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened on either one of these technicals. Right. Uh, Emily just turned and sat on the bench. And their coach did basically the same thing. Just, okay, well, it's a technical foul, I guess, you know. Um, and then, you know, took advantage of the, the free throws. Made the and free then, throws, and, and they and, came down and, yeah. and made a bucket on the possession. They did. They did. And uh, that did flip the game a little bit. Um, UWS led by one at the half against Lakeland. Then in the second half, they, they got really by pulled eight. Away. Lakeland came back with a couple of threes. Uh, UWS led by two going in the fourth. But then in the fourth quarter, they really turned it on, especially defensively. Yep. Uh, Mackenzie Lusha had a game. Yeah. She had a really good but game. Eight steals. Yeah, she had nine points, eight steals, and two turnovers in 29 minutes. I mean, those are numbers that are crazy good. Yep. Uh, especially the eight steals. If you can get that off your bench, I mean. Whew. She was my player of the game Yeah. afterward. I mean, Charlotte first of all, the, the freshman who's got some game to her. Mm-hmm. 17 points, 12 rebounds. Lisa Bestinen, 15 points, 11 rebounds. They were both really good. But Mackenzie Lesha was the key in that run that they put in at the end. I mean, when you have eight steals in a game, you're yep. doing some work defensively. Um, she had four in a row at one point in that fourth quarter when they mm-hmm. pulled away. And um, she was just really good. Yeah, she played a, a whale of a game, and uh, yeah, they're, they're you know they they came back. Uh, they had three players scoring double figures because Elsa Olson had ten too. So it was a really good response to the game against Luther. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, Coach Carpenter told me afterwards she's just wanted her team to play with a little more toughness, and they definitely did that against Lakeland. So that was good to see. Mm-hmm. So they're in a, they're in a nice little place right now too, and they've got a couple of weeks off now. Yeah, so, yeah, they don't play for a while. Yeah, they don't play until the eighth of December. So they've got some time now to. You know, kind of, if there's any lingering injuries there or any take you know, care soreness, of that, take care of that. When they come back, they're in conference play. Yeah, because uh, they're going to be playing Crown and Morris mm-hmm. back-to-back when they come back. Um, so, yeah, there's some stuff. There's some interesting stuff coming up here, uh, you know, in the next few days. And otherwise, you know, the, you know things are looking pretty good. I mean, yeah. men's basketball 5-0, and women's basketball 3-4 and with a young team. Yep. You know, I think they've got only one senior on the entire roster. Yep. So it's a it's a young team that's that's learning as they go. Uh, you know, women's hockey is in a good groove, and men's hockey won four in a row. You can't really ask for much more going into a big series. So yeah, you know that's uh, you know yeah, teams are doing are, are looking good right now. Yeah, absolutely they are. So we're gonna take a time out here, and when we come back, we're gonna talk a little hockey. We'll have Dan Laughlin, head coach of the Yellow Jacket women's hockey team, and Jada LeBlanc, senior defender on the Yellow Jacket women's hockey team. So we're looking forward to having them for the roundtable segment. You are watching this week's episode of Eye of the Swarm. We're back on the roundtable segment of this week's Eye of the Swarm, and it is time to talk a little hockey, and we've got Yellow Jacket head coach Dan Laughlin, Jada LeBlanc, who may be a senior, maybe <laughs> a senior next year. We're not sure. That'll be maybe in another episode. Who knows? She's enrolled here. She is enrolled for now, and uh, <laughs> coach is 
politicking to have her <laughs> re-enroll for another year, and uh, we can we can address that later on in the in the podcast because we'll put we'll give the hard sell. We tried it with Lawson McDonald a couple <clears throat> years ago. That didn't work. No, so, he was he was pretty set on going. Yeah, he was pretty set on being done. I mean, even Rich tried to intervene there, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. Take notes from him. It didn't work. Yeah, so. it didn't happen. So I mean, I mean, Jada is as, as focused as Lawson was, but I. <laughs> I don't know. Eddie. Are you Jada? Uh, are you, are you as focused as, as Lawson was? Probably not. <laughs> Apparently she was until she talked to Dano. Right. Yeah. It's kind of the lesson that She I knew got. what she wanted to do and then coaches yeah. muddy the waters a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, because I, I got here, unfortunately, a little late uh, for, for recording this, and uh, I walked in, and she basically just kind of threw him under the bus the like, minute that I was here. So <laughs> like, he was already I was fine until he came that. along and said something. So She'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Only comment. We'll see about that. All right, that'll do it for this episode. All right, yeah. So we now know the status, sort of. So let's let's talk a little bit now about the the start of the campaign for you because we're it's hard to believe we're through November and you know within a week or two you're going to be halfway through your schedule. That's how fast all this goes. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about the the start of the year and you know ups and downs and and everything. Yellow Jacket Women's Hockey. Yeah, it's uh, it has gone by very, very quick. We talked about that in pre-games before, but <clears throat> I think we're off to a pretty good start. Um, I think it took a little, a couple weekends to kind of figure out, you know, how we have to play every game. And um, right now it's just a matter of, of preparing ourselves, you know, for every, for every game, every weekend, because um, every game is so valuable, as you know, in these 20, in the 25-game seasons. So, yeah. Um, I would say we're off to a good start. I mean, we, we've learned some tough lessons, um, but we are learning, and so that's a good thing, and uh, we just uh, keep you know, moving ahead and preparing for the next game. You brought up the, the length of the season. I, w- I want your, your feedback on that because in uh, one of the pregame interviews at Northland talking to McKenna, he, he gave me the, we play a high school schedule. You know, high schools actually play more games than we do, and he wishes the NCAA would allow – for, for more games to be played, how do you feel about that? I I would like that as well. I mean, you you practice so much, um, you know, that's not a bad thing either. But I think it gives you a little bit more freedom to, uh, you know, to just get your team prepared. Like not only just the, like every individual prepared, you got more games, you can get more people in lineups. Um, you know, it's I I, I wish it would, I I know back in the day, Garves when we were playing, I think we had like. 30 or 32 or something like that. I'd, I'd like to see it around 30. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with that, it, you know, I think that's doable. I mean, we did it. So, um, yeah, I would like to see a little little more games. Obviously, I imagine from a player standpoint, you'd love to play more and practice yeah. less. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. We have so many week spans of we just practice. Even this week, we have five days of practice, no games. And it's hard to kind of stay motivated and focused, especially when it's just practice every single day. And, um, like, we kind of focus our season on, like, Dano, you always say, like, we have, like, games of five. So we'll go five games at a time, and that's how we kind of break our season up. Um, I think it would definitely be a lot easier to have more games to if you, you don't show up for a game. Then it's so detrimental to your whole season because it's more important. You need to be there for every single game, and sometimes that's just not always possible. So I think more games would definitely be better, and we have such a long season, too, where it wouldn't be bad to fill it with as many games as we can. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a it? college football. I mean, if yeah. if you do lose two games, like it's 
not saying we're out if we do that, but right. you it's know, hard. it's hard to catch up. Mm-hmm. With so well, it used to be, I think, and the, I can't remember when, exactly when this happened, but I think back in the old days, you could play up to 25, 30 regular season games of Division Three, and then the NCAA Well, we do mandated, play 25 in the regular season. Right, but I mean, you could play more games, and the NCAA started to mandate less games because... There was, a, I think, a feeling that they were missing too much class time or something like this, wasn't there? Like, I, I remember something. Kind of like going that. down a, a little bit of a rabbit hole, and I'm, I'm sure Nick will correct me if I'm I'm wrong in what I'm saying, but a lot of it stems from the Division Three philosophy okay. and it being less about the sport, the competition, and more about the holistic approach to it. Oh, okay, right. And so, yes, they miss too much class time. Yes, we we maybe we should cut back so. They're not having this class time. They have a chance to do other things. They have a chance to have a job. All of those things factoring into the holistic approach of the Division Three student athlete. Right. Yeah. Whereas I, I think if you ask the student athletes, they'd be like, well, uh, we, "We still get the holistic thing. Right. You know, yeah. we're still going into class. We've proven that with our numbers. Right. Yeah. You know, and we all have to have jobs. It seems like you know, except for the international kids." But we got to figure out a way to make some money. Right. So we have that, and we have social lives and, and everything, but we, we have room to play more games. And it seems like any time there's any kind of discussion on legislation, and you can jump in on this too, Dano, is maybe we should cut back. Let's, let's find a yeah. way to cut back 5% of the, of the game, the number of games played, and, and back that off from 25 to whatever 5% of 25 is. You know, right. yeah. so... It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Doesn't make. And sense I don't. I think if they canvass the membership, the coaches and the athletes would all say, "No, we don't want to back that off." But administrators look at it and go, "No, this is." Yeah. And there's probably some budgetary reasons too that yeah. I'm not willing to get into. Right. But I, I think from the D3 philosophy standpoint, it's not necessarily always about games played. That could be true. I, I think that the the overall philosophy is to have a well-rounded experience. Correct. I think that is more. Whereas, you know, Division One, they play way more games, and the reason why they play way more games is because they're literally, I mean, they're on scholarship. That's all they do. Well, uh, yeah, they're yeah. they're on scholarship. They don't have. Yeah. You know, they they don't have any shackles on them for. No. Okay, you're out of season now. Your coach can't talk to you. Right. You can't post right. on social media. You can't do this or that. Division Two has a couple more shackles. Mm. Then Division One and then Division Three is just yeah, yeah, yeah. So it does it does filter down because um, Division Two also still has that it, it's still pretty holistic even there. Like mm-hmm. they want you to have the full well rounded experience there, um, you know, because they play a few more games Division Two, but not a lot. I mean, they're not playing ten more games like you do at Division One, right? Where you know instead of playing twenty five, you'll play thirty five during the regular season, and that's before maybe NCAA tournament or anything else or postseason tournament. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it, it filters down pretty quickly. Division One, like you said, it, it's basically however many games you want to play. I mean, there are mandates there, but that's not, you know, I mean, those mandates are floating. Right. Whereas at Division Two and Division Three, it's a little bit more, you know, this is how many games at maximum you can have. Right. So, um, and that, I think, like I said, that changed over a while ago. I know the NAIA does not have that rule. You can play as many games as you want to play, basically, in the NAIA. So mm-hmm. that's one of the big differences between those two organizations, um, you know, and like you said, unfortunately, that doesn't give you a lot of wiggle room if right. you have a few off nights, you know, like we were talking. Not to, like I said, we don't want to go too far down rabbit hole. Yeah, but I'm, I'm climbing, actually climbing out now. Okay, okay <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's that's our rabbit hole segment for, for this week. <laughs> but it, it it puts you in an awkward spot because you don't have the automatic qualifier. Right. So right, and you've got two top ten ranked teams in your conference. 
so you, you have to be nearly perfect. It's, it's hard without that AQ. I mean, it's, again, you have to be playing your best hockey game one mm -hmm. and through game 25, uh, and you do almost have to be perfect. And, you know, it's a little, like I said about college football, same thing. It's, you know, now they're starting to get more playoff stuff in their structure because there's teams that deserve to be in there. So, you know, it's no different from what we're, we're kind of going through. And, um, but with that said, you just, you got to prepare and, and uh, you know, be ready to play every game. So that's our focus. Talk a little bit about, you, you talked about breaking it up in the, in the five games mm -hmm. and everything. So talk to me a little bit about sort of the feeling out process of the first five, because in a lot of ways, that's what it is, as you're getting used to teammates, certain situations, mm -hmm. all of that, how you carry some of that from the first five over to the next five to sort of have that build up to when you have to be playing your best. Our first five was a huge learning experience this year. I think that was when we were had a lot of ups and downs within the first five games. Like mm -hmm. this isn't even throughout a season. This is throughout one, two, three weeks, right. almost those first five. And yeah, you just kind of got to figure out what works and maintain that and be consistent with that. And that's huge. Figure out what doesn't work and when things, you know, aren't going your way, what you can what you need to do to change that around to make it better going into those next five. So I think for us a huge thing is consistency and that's something that we need to focus on and maintain so that we can continue building by the time playoffs rolls around. Okay, this is interesting. So to me it is anyway. You have a roster that, by and large, has been here. Mm -hmm. Why is it was it such a big feeling out process then and getting used to things in the first five games when you have so many players mm -hmm. that have been here and that you've played with? Yeah. So why why was it is was it that big of a process? We had a year of change. Yeah, I, and I'm not speaking for Jada here, but I, I think we the previous year in the spring we we got together a lot of uh, meetings towards the end of the year and and we decided like we got to change this we got to get this program back to a top 10 team and um and what's you know the years we were top 10 uh we were the we were always not every night but pretty much every night the most the hardest working most competitive team on the ice no matter what our skill level was um with that without that being there um you know you're going to struggle in a game. So, again, we, we kind of learned uh, in those first five games that if we don't compete and work our hardest every game, then it's going to be a very long 60 minutes. And I think that's the hard part. You know, it's not up with us. It's for, it's for every team, every level out there. If, if you don't work hard and compete, I mean, you're, you're asking for some trouble. So sure. as long as our habits are good of, you know, hard work first, compete, and then let the skills just pile on top of that. We'll be fine, and we'll be in every game. But that's, I think, what we really learned. Um, mm -hmm. You can talk about it like we did the year before, and then the first five games came through, and it's like, all right, you know, it didn't go how we wanted it to go, but, you know, we got to get back to that hard work, compete, let's go. I mean, that's, that's how we're going to turn this program around. Because you came through, what, two and three in the first five? Uh, yes. Yes. Yep. So a little punch in the face, but sometimes that's good. Mm -hmm. From mm -hmm. the player standpoint? Definitely. Same idea. We That two and three record, we started off great, two wins right off the back, and then we had a setback. And we needed that, honestly, to kind of use it as a wake-up call, and we came back the next couple of weekends and got our 
record back up, but we had to go through that to figure out that we absolutely need to show up for 60 minutes every single game or else it's not going to be pretty. How do you – how do you – you're a captain, mm-hmm. you're a senior. How do you drive that into the heads of everybody in that room? Because <laughs> it, it's, it's not an easy thing. <laughs> no, you know, when you're not. talking about having 25 right. people on a roster, how, how do you drive that home, number one? Right. And number two, when you – again, you're a senior. Well, I'm a freshman. i got three years left. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so how do you drive that home? Again, I'll just – hop in here but I think you know with our culture too that we built um, it's it's really encompassed around just trusting one another and when you start kind of going on that level and not thinking about so much of the game but just you know I got to do this for my teammates that's it's not about you you know who's getting the points and this and that but again just trusting that your teammates will work just as hard as you're working for them and I think that's what's you know what there's nothing else you can really go at. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? You, you have to have that trust. You got to, you know, kind of wear your heart on the sleeve there and, and trust that everyone's doing the same thing. And when that's happening, and it has, like we're, I think we're, as, you know, there's, there's teams that got more skill, but we will be in every single hockey game we play mm-hmm. if we have that. And, uh, and that's, we talk, you know, our culture is talked about every day. And, and uh, but like you said, Garves, it's a million dollar question. I mean, it's hard to live every day. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to live every game, but you just got to prepare and, and plan, you know, for it. And then when the puck drops, you're trusting. Definitely. I think the biggest thing is hockey is a team sport. We all know that. But it's also very individual mm-hmm. in the sense that you need to show up every single day and everyone else does in order to have this full team, this full work ethic, and this full, like, compete to keep us in games. No one wants to lose. Everyone wants to win. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to definitely keep everyone motivated when we are having a little, like, low part point of the season. So right. it is hard, but it's just that continuous reminder of that the potential that we know we can be and how good of a team we can be. And you just need to show up and be able to do that for yourself. And everyone needs to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, and I'm going to kind of – it's not quite the same, I don't think, with the women's side, but on the men's side, you're, what we're talking about here is a sense of urgency, right? So you have to bring it every day. Um, one of the problems I know that Rich tackles and that actually every, I think, college hockey coach tackles at a certain level is that when you're getting guys in from lower leagues, or lower leagues, that's not the right word, junior leagues, they play a lot of games during the year. Yep. So there's always a next game to play. So we didn't have it tonight. We didn't have it the next night. We still got, you know, 50 games to go. Right. In college, you don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. You can't afford to take a night off because one or two nights off is going to set your season back. And now all of a sudden it's pretty much over Mm -hmm. because you've got 25 games. You've got half to maybe a quarter of what you're going to play at the junior level. And, you know, I'm not sure, you know, on the the women's side with the the Tier 1 teams and stuff like that, how many games they play. But, again, it's that sense of urgency, and that's a hard thing. Like I said, I know Rich has struggled with it a little bit trying to get into his guys' heads. Look, you've got 25 games. That's it. You can't afford to have games where you just don't feel like it, or you don't you're not feeling it, and you don't want to work hard. You have to bring it mm-hmm. every single night at the Division Three level. Otherwise, you'll play yourself right out. Now they have the AQ now, but this was back you know before the AQ came along. Right. It's like you guys have to be ready to go. You know we've got a very very small amount of wiggle room here. You know otherwise our season could go down the tubes in two weeks. Yep. You know and so exactly right. You know so you have to have 
that kind of sense of urgency. And I think having as many returns as you guys do, when I looked at the roster this year, it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, there's some notable newcomers as well that came in. But there's a lot of returning players there, a lot of names that both of not, you know, you and I both know. And so that can help a little bit, I would think, in terms of just being able to, because they've been there and they understand now, hey, you know, we can't afford to take any weekends off because right. if we do. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why it was so interesting to me when yeah. she yeah. said yeah. the first yeah. five games were really yeah. kind of yeah. a difficult stretch and a feeling out process. That's why I thought, wow, that's mm-hmm. kind of interesting when you have that many veterans back. Well, I think with Jada, and I don't want to speak for her or Daniel, but it's when you're changing a mindset as well of what you've had in the past, that's tough. Because even though the names and the faces are the same, if you're changing your mindset, that's a tough. That can sometimes be a tougher hurdle. Mm-hmm. Because how would we react to this last year? Okay, well, that's not the way we should have. Because mm-hmm. now we're trying to change something. We're not trying to go back to where we were. We're trying to go forward. So how are we going to change that? You know, mm-hmm. like, okay, so we lose a game. What would we? How would we react to that last year? How are we going to react to it this year? Could be two different things depending on how you want to change your culture, and that's and that's in you know in those spring conversations with all the veterans, we had those exact same talks, and we put it all on paper. We still have it on paper. Um, it's kind of our accountability list. They gave one for me, and they have one for themselves. So, um, you know, you, you go back to those conversations, and, and I think with with a good veteran team like that, you're going to come out of those uh, ditches quicker than if you have a bunch of new guys or, or, or new players on the roster. So, um, you know, that's where the leadership comes in and, and uh, you know, all the upperclassmen as well. So, and it seems, I mean, it seems like it's resonating a bit. You guys have had some really good results, yeah. some really nice wins already this year, yeah. you know, and we're, what, about a quarter of the way through now? Uh, roughly. A little more than that. Yeah, a little more of a quarter of the way through. But you guys have had a nice, you know, there's been some nice wins. I mean, you got the win against Point. You got the win against St. Scholastica, which is always a grudge match. I mean, mm-hmm. those are the kind of games, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you could have had a win against Eau Claire. Yeah. You know, that Ooh, tough one. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the one that uh, confused me because Avery Schwark came to me and kind of gave me the blow by blow of what happened there. And I still don't really understand it. I, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what happened there. And then I asked some of your players what happened there, and they couldn't understand it. And then I talked to. Just ripping that scab right off for him. Well, I just, I was just wondering what, like. We just moved on. Yeah, I just moved on. But, I mean, what my, my point is is that you gave yourself a chance to win that game. Yeah, I mean, it was a yeah. great game. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again, like you yeah. said. But, but I mean. The bigger uh, point is that you guys had a chance to win, even uh, if it was a weird circumstance. Yeah. And we just, uh, I'm not blaming Officials, <laughs> they're not watching anyway. That's a horrible call. <laughs> <laughs> we lost. Well, I just never was quite sure what the explanation is because no one seemed to be able to know what it was. Like I've talked to some multiple players on the team and they don't know. And right. the explanation apparently to Dano didn't make sense either. So I, well, at least that, that's what they said. The ones that were on the bench. Yeah. I don't know. But the it, bigger point is that you, it, you push Oakley right to the very end. And we did. We competed yeah. that game. Mm-hmm. We worked hard. We we did. We played sixty minutes and uh, well, like fifty eight. Yeah. Minus, you know, the two of the ref didn't give us, but um, no, we did. And Seems like I, it set a trend. And you know what? Mm-hmm. And I don't want yeah. moral victories. We talked about it after the game. Like, we don't want to, you know, hang our caps on moral victories, but it's like, here we are. You know, yeah. I mean, if, if we continue to do this, uh, you know, game after game, weekend after weekend, we're going to, the scoreboard's going to be with us majority right. of the time. So. Um, but sometimes you can play good, and, you know, it's those last couple minutes that get you, so. Yeah. But, I mean, like, since then, you guys have rattled off some nice wins. Yeah. You yeah. know, B-Point 
five one. That's a nice. Well, and that was a really nice response too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah. I yeah. think that the day before you'd probably say it was a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, with that game at Northland, For sure. and then yeah. twenty four hours later, really nice response. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just on that point game, I remember I, I just didn't even go near really the team. I just you know, and to Jada's mm-hmm. credit and leadership, and again I, I just said you know what, talk about that veteran group. Let's see how they're going to respond. And uh, and we and we got scored on. I think the first three, yeah. two three minutes of the game, and mm-hmm. and uh, that was the only one. But we just kept going. We kept going, and and what a game! I mean, it was a yeah. fun game. And I they really responded well. Watched a little bit up here before uh, my basketball broadcast. We watched a little bit of it on the big screen, and yeah, I mean, I, I was like, wow, they're they're playing really well right now. A lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, then I watched some Scholastic game. It was the same thing. You know, the feet were moving, and the puck was moving around, and getting good opportunities, and you know, taking care of things for the most part on the defensive end. So. Um, yeah, but it's all about how you respond to stuff like that. Right. I mean, you can walk into that room after a game like Eau Claire and just say, hey, look, I don't care what the final score was. I'm proud of you. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm proud of the way you guys played. I think you guys played a well of a game today. And we mentioned that, you know, let's yeah. not, not, don't even, you know, I know it's hard, but don't even pay attention to the scoreboard. Just focus on our, our work ethic, our compete level, and just the execution of, you know, the plays we have to make. And, you know, if you, if you concentrate on that, the scoreboard's going to take care of itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, so you've got now this sort of peculiar spot in the schedule where one game two weeks ago or one game last week, then a couple of weeks off. Now you're going to play a couple, then a couple more weeks off. How do you keep the train rolling? Because <laughs> you're in a good spot right now and you're playing well right now. How do you keep the train rolling when you have four games in basically a month? Yeah, I mean, it reminds no. me of the COVID year when they played once in six yeah, weeks. Yeah, you, you guys have had some very <laughs> that was fun. Wacky <laughs> yeah. I just say this like I don't think there's been a team on campus, and, and Jada's been around for all this, so I can bring it up. I don't think there's been a team on campus that's had a wackier schedule the last like three years than women's hockey. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just been very. It's like we're gonna play five games in six days, and then we're gonna take mm-hmm. three weeks off. It's like, <laughs> I, like it's just been very, you know, like it, that's what it's felt like. It's felt like it's all been like jumbled together. Yeah. Things have been rescheduled about a hundred times. It, well, that's it, why I bring up the COVID. Yeah, game. they played just, one game in January, and then it was like it was a very bizarre nine games <laughs> in sixteen days. Yeah, yeah. Was, was, I remember that. Went NHL <laughs> schedule. Yeah, they were playing it. an NHL schedule there for a while, and I was like, I don't, I don't know how Dano and, and, and the ladies do it because it's it just keeping that mindset. It's just like okay, well, well, well that's my question. How yeah. do you keep this going now? Well, I, I, I will say like that, that for Thanksgiving that was a nice break. I think mm-hmm. all of us really wanted it, no matter how we're playing. I mean, it was just I think you're. It's just you got to relax your your mental health a little bit, you know, and just get back to family, whatever, a little bit, and then get back in it. And uh, so this week we have been, you know, getting back in it. And I, as a coach, I mean, I, I just try to keep them even in practice to that highest level. Yeah. And uh, you know, you just want to create that that habit they call it, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, you just got to keep that that high level going in practice. So it's like a narrow focus. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get distracted by all this other stuff in terms of, right. like, you know, when we're playing, when we're not playing. Let's just keep the energy high. And it's, you, you know, know, we're about 50-minute practices, 55, you know, close to that. So, I mean, it, it's not a... Long a, ways away from the two-hour grinders yeah, we were having. Know. <laughs> and, and those, oh, just wait till J-term. Yeah. Yeah. Those will be back. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it, but that's, again, that's one of those things where you also have to take into account everything that they're doing. I mean, because they are student-athletes. Mm-hmm. And there are times where we don't have to go for two hours every day. And it is 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. Or, <laughs> what they need right now is a light skate. 
maybe we'll work on a few situational things and you know that's it that's all they need today maybe there will be a time where we need a two-hour practice where there's a bunch of stuff we really have to work mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. but you know you don't have to make a rule i don't think all the time where you gotta it's two hours every single day no matter what you know that doesn't necessarily always lead to the best outcome i don't think right yeah yeah. I don't I, know if you guys agree, but that just... Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I think one thing, too, is, like, we're big on momentum. Even in a game, like, you kill off a penalty, you you got the momentum, and you're kind of rolling with that. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're trying to do right now with this little, like, gap we have is we came off we came off two good wins, and now we're just trying to keep that momentum in practices, keep it high speed, keep it short, keep it simple, just focus on our skills and keep doing what we're doing because it's working for us, and we just got to keep that up going into the next couple games. So then... You get the long break for the semester break. Then you come back in January. Mm-hmm. And now the rubber hits the road. WIAC's tough. Yeah. The WIAC is tough. Yeah, I know mm-hmm. there's only five teams in the conference on the women's side. The WIAC is a tough conference. How do you how do you approach that? Uh, I just like I said, it doesn't matter who we play, what building we're in. It's it's how we play. And um, again, it's. You know, the simple part, if you want to call it that, is just we got to focus on what we can control. Um, we don't know what falls. I mean, we know what they got. We know what Eau Claire, Augsburg, you know, I think we play all, you know, six of those games in seven games. <laughs> so, I mean, we have to be, we have to take care of the things we can mm-hmm. control. And that's our work ethic and our compete level. And uh, again, if we do that, we will be in every game we play. I guarantee you. And, um, you know, you just, that's it. You just got to have that first. You don't want right. to overwhelm yourself by, you know, this person on River Falls is a five-time All-American and this and that and whatever. Just let's take care of what we can, you know, control and and uh, trust the teammates. We'll do the same for them. That's I mean, that's our philosophy. You don't, doesn't matter where we're at. And, you know, if, if you don't show up against the worst team, you have a pretty good chance of losing that game, which we almost did. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, again, it's just keeping that that piece in our minds before every game. I think that's our mindset. But it is a tough schedule. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it but is. that being said. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's a tough one. But, I mean, I like it. I like it. I, I like matching, like, you know, let's go. I mean, if, if we're going to make this a top team, uh, top ten team, you know, again – well, we have to we have to compete and win against some of these teams, you know, that are that are there like we did in the past. Yeah. I know when I talk to when I interview students and stuff, a lot of times I'll ask them, "You're senior now. How, how fast did that go? You're about to win 300 <laughs> games as the head coach here. How fast did uh, that go?" I, you know what? <laughs> I, again, my I don't I can't even. I'm getting old. I know that. <laughs> um, and maybe when it's all done or something, I can start looking back. But like right now, every year is just that's your focus. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, and you know, and then even next year, you're with the recruiting and stuff. But so, I, I take. I'm honest with you. I don't look back. I can't. Right. If, if you do, you know, you're you're kind of in a rut. So, um, but yeah, it's it's gone by. Very quick. That's, uh, that's interesting because when Joe Mooney won his 200th this year, <laughs> I went into his office and I said, congratulations on 200, coach. And he goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and he turned and looked at me and I was like, and then he sat there for a second and he was like, 
I guess it is 200, huh? <laughs> I've been here 16 years. Yeah. Holy cow. That's what he said. He said almost the same thing that, that Daniel just said, which is kind of, I think, reflective of coaching, though, is that, you know, it's <laughs> like, oh, that went by pretty quick, but I didn't even know that was going to happen, mm-hmm. and um, I'm getting old. Like, that was, you know, and then Lynn, when she won her 300, it was right. the same thing. It was like, oh, it just means I'm getting old. Yeah. That was literally like word for word what she told me. I said, she said, I've been around a long time, and. And, and that's all that really means to me, <laughs> you know. So right. I think if you get to that milestone, I mean, like I said, as a coach, when you're especially when you're in the middle of the season and they say congratulations and they're like, what? What just happened? <laughs> no. Did something happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know about You know, yeah, I mean, it, when you're in the throes of the season, though, it's, it, 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 you know, I, I can see why it doesn't quite register. Right. You know, and I can see that Daniel hasn't given a, <laughs> I don't think a, a ton of thought, but just – no, I haven't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but still, three hundred is a remarkable. Three hundred is a really remarkable yeah, number. Yeah, that's that's a nice milestone. I, again, it's it's been an absolute blessing to be here for all these years. I mean, to play here, to graduate, two degrees here, met my wife here. I mean, everything's come from this university pretty much. So, it has been an absolute honor. Um, the players, it's so fun every year. It's a even if you have much of the same group back, it's you know there's still growth, maturity, and all the players. So it's just fun to see them grow. So, having the same group back, <laughs> let's go back to the beginning of this whole thing. <laughs> that, that. So, what what do we need Uh-oh. to do to make sure that that you oh. come back? Because I'll I'll throw it out there now. I well, I miss all this uh, before we were starting. I will have so a I, a very very happy four year old, yeah, soon to would. be five year old. If his favorite player comes back, you boy, would. Teddy's got a lot of, he's got a lot of, like female athletes, doesn't he? That he <laughs> that he enjoys. He he, he, he loves yeah. that team. I'm the yeah. favorite. Yeah, but, Let's yeah. put that out there. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> well, I mean, there are arguments. I've seen arguments now from about your son from just about every team on campus mm-hmm. like, with uh, w- women's athletes. Well, like I like I mean, it's uh, women's soccer, it's yep. volleyball, and now it's women's yeah. hockey. It's, yep. I mean, it's like a big brown circle. Avery, it is. Avery Schwarzschild brings up, why aren't I nannying that kid? <laughs> you know, like, this is, like, I hear it from all angles now. So now I want to She had him all summer. She, well, yeah, exactly. She's, she's kind of getting selfish about it now. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Avery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I want to hear a little bit more now about Jada's connection to Teddy here because now this is the latest one now that I'm, I'm hearing about. So, Jada, the floor is yours. Tell me all about it. <laughs> Avery pawned him off to me. That's pretty much what it was. Is that okay? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And that's about it. We've just been friends ever since. Me and Teddy. Yep. Oh, there yep. you go. And he, he, uh, this, this was probably sharing more than I should, but this is, this is really cute. So okay. a couple of weeks ago, he was saying his prayers before I went to bed. And we, we go through the whole thing. And then I say, okay, you have anything else you want to pray for? Yeah. And he says, Dad. I want the yellow jacket men and the yellow jacket women to win. I'm like, okay, you can pray for that. That's yeah, that's, that's good. Fine. And he goes, and I want Jack to be the winning goalie and Jada to score a goal. <laughs> okay, we can pray for that too. So we did. And the next day, it all happened. <laughs> hey, he's, he's got a. Like, it all happened. happened. He's got a direct line to the Almighty. Because I had texted Emma and said, you got to let Jada know that this and is what. She did. And this is what he prayed for. Yep. Well, because Jack's got a couple of wins now, so now we got. Yeah, he got a couple of wins, and so everything he asked for that day, 
well, came t- to pass. Tell Ted, Teddy, I have a good <laughs> prayer list for him. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm going to have to check in with Teddy. Oh, oh boy. And he can attest to it. I don't score. I'm not a goal scorer. Never have been. Well, you picked a Probably hell of a goal to be. score. Yeah, I know. Coast I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't even see it. You know, this wasn't your basic everyday goal. We're on the bus, and I'm watching the the video of it, and I just went, wow, she scored. But wow, what a goal. Yeah, she went all the way down the ice. Yeah. And then it's true that down, you didn't see it? Uh, No. No. He didn't. And I, I, yeah. yeah, He was otherwise occupied at at that moment. Um, Anyway, she scored a really nice goal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The wow factor, I was thinking the same thing. Everyone like came over and huddled there. Like, where did that come? I was like, I don't know, guys. I've never done that before in my life. Don't count on it again. Who. Something came over <laughs> no. her and it just yeah. For just, Teddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Something just came over her. Yep. <laughs> I, and I think it was probably the you know. The it same. very well yeah. may have been. Yeah, I mean, you know, there might have been some intervention. Jack held there. up his end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, held up her end of the bargain. No, he was a very happy kid. And I got home that night because we played at uh, at Stout that night. And I got home. Give him the clip. It was, no, it was about one o'clock in the okay. morning, and I had just settled into bed and then he started he heard me upstairs i guess so he started calling me and i came down and he goes hey dad did the men win I'm like yeah the men won did the women win yeah the women won too <laughs> all right good night dad <laughs> so he was he was good after that he was good he, he didn't know all good. the details yeah. until the next day he was good yeah, after that so i gave him the details the next day and then he lost his mind and <laughs> Went right to his little table hockey game, and Jada was playing, and Jack was in the net, and all this stuff. So, oh, nice, yeah. that was cool. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, he's got a whole thing going there. But at nice. any rate, I'm looking at the clock here because I know somebody has to get to class. Sadly, so well, not me. Don't let the academics <laughs> on the street hear that one. But uh, somebody has to get to class, so you know. Final thoughts. Um, good talk. I mean, <laughs> that's that's, a, that's probably about it. Well, I'm glad I found out the background now. I feel like uh, yes. I'm getting the background now and everything with Teddy. So mm-hmm. it's all clicking because um, he, he's he's been making the rounds. Yep. The last few years, and now he now it's all about Jada. He's almost like the, now I know the mascot in some way because he's he's yes. everywhere. We when should I show get him a little bee costume. Well, he, that was his first Halloween. He's been there, done that. He's been there, done that. Yeah, we can make him. I'll show you a picture. Right, we'll little buzz. One. We can make a little buzz out of him. Um, but, he'll he'll uh, see Jade all next year. So. Yeah, man. Back to that. Yep. We'll see about that. He'll be yeah. a very happy five year old at determined. that time. Well, I'll just have to now. Now I'll just be. Now I'll know when I see him running around over at Westman during a game, and if, if he's just trailing Jada everywhere she goes. Yep. So now I'll know why. Yep. yep. Okay. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's okay. That makes sense now. It, it, it's all clicking. It's all clicking. That'll do it for this week's episode of Vibe the Swarm. We want to thank Dan Laughlin and Jada LeBlanc for coming by. For the Big Sound Matt Johnson, I am John Garber, and thanks for watching Eye of the Swarm. Mm-hmm.